guys. I'm Dante. I'm an addict. Hey, um, I got a sobriety date of 11-11-2020 for that. Thank you. You know, for that, God gets all the credit. You know, I can't take credit for something I couldn't do on my own. Um, I woke up today. I read pages 60 to 63, 86 to 88. And I did third step prayer. I asked God to direct my way of thinking and to help me be of service to someone else. <clears throat> yeah, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, I've been continuing that same routine ever since, uh, you know, November 11th. And um, I don't know. Um, so what it was like and what happened and what it's like now. Um, so I'm originally from Oak Cliff, Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm the baby boy of my family. I got one older brother, four older sisters, um, half black, half Mexican. Um, and like from a young age, I, I always felt different because like I grew up in a predominantly Mexican area. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people like always asking, like, why do you look like that? Why do you sound like that? You know, um, I remember numerous times going to my friends' houses and, you know, their parents would always like give me a, a look, you know, so I always felt out of place. Um, you know, I, my dad left when I was two, um, you know, the only male role model I had in my life was my tío, my tío Carlos, and like, he passed away when I was 10, and, um, you know, that took a, a very, a very, like, high, like, high impact on me, you know, because I felt like, you know, he was the only one I could rely on, you know, like, it was, it was hard enough as it was, you know, growing up and not having that, that father figure in my life, always seeing my friends with their parents and stuff, and, I was like, yo, like, what happened to me? So, um, you know, I, I remember it vividly. You know, he passed away at our apartment. And uh, I remember going outside and just, like, crying, you know, sitting down on the steps in my apartments and just crying and, like, asking God why. And, like, I, that's when, like, I grew a resentment towards God. And, uh, you know, time went on. And, um, you know, 11 years old, I was molested by a man, you know, multiple occasions. And it was a, it was a family friend at that. And I didn't know how to... I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I just became very disrespectful. I became re- very rebellious. Um, and by the time I hit middle school, oh, damn, I didn't even start the timer. Jeez. All right. Um, by the time I hit middle school, you know, like, that's when everything popped off, you know. Um, I had my first drink on the bus, and it was uh, some cheap-ass vodka, yo. And I remember <laughs> drinking it out of a water bottle. And... Uh, you know, I, I had that taste of alcohol, and I'm like, yes, like, I found it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel good. And I remember going to school and, um, like, just just try to, like, not fit in, but I was, like, I was seeing what, like, the baby kids were doing, so I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I want to I wanna hop in on that, you know what I mean? And I started smoking weed and started popping bars, and, um, you know, like, it says, like, uh, it, it gets worse, never better. It's a progressive illness, you know? And, like, I didn't think of anything of it at the time. You know, I was just having fun. And um, there was times, like, I would skip school, and, you know, I would go do hood rat shit with my hood rat homeboys. And, um, you know, I, I was living this double life, you know? And, like, I was, I, I was good at it, you know? Like, I just looked like this. Um, I, was playing, I was playing football and basketball. And then, um, and then when I got to high school, I let go of football to focus on basketball. But um, in those years, like, it just, my, my addiction just kept building up, you know, like, um, when I, I remember getting to eighth grade and one of my homeboys, Alex De La Fuente, he, uh, he put me on to some shit, you know, he put me on to ecstasy and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I started selling it, you know, and, uh, and then, I, you know, I started rolling here and there, you know, and, um, and then, you know, things got, 
things got real, you know. Um, by the time I'm going into freshman year, um, my homeboys, you know, we, we experimented with heroin. And, um, and that was my first time, like, doing it. And um, it, 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 took, it, it took a toll on me. You know, I, I remember, um, like, busting mixes. That's what we did back in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Like, mixing it with fucking Nitals and guitar and shit. And uh, slowly but surely, you know what I'm saying? By the time I hit high school, I got a fucking needle on my arm, you know, going hard. And, um, and I was always, like, I was always involved in some shit, you know? Like, I, I liked that lifestyle rather than, like, my disease, you know? Like, I, I love that, that adrenaline. I love the chaos and destruction. I love being in the middle of it. And um, by the time I get to high school, like, one of my sisters had just graduated. So like all the upperclassmen, like they already knew of me. So like it made it made sales really good, you know. Like they they would look for the party favors. Like yo, Morgan's little brother. Like yo, so it it was it was going good, you know. I was I was managing it at the time, you know. And then like I was like, all right, since I'm playing basketball, I'm gonna do little increments of heroin so I can still perform. You know what I'm saying? And I remember fucking slamming in the locker room and and like going to practice and fucking throwing up, you know what I'm saying? Like fucking balling out, but throwing the fuck up, you know? <laughs> and my coach would be like, yo, what's wrong with you, man? I'm like, oh, fuck the lunch coach. Like, she was bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, still not thinking anything of it, you know? And, um, and in all this, all this time, like in high school, like I'm, I'm, I'm just disrespectful, you know? Like I'm being disrespectful to like, not even to like people, like don't get me wrong, I used to have a problem with slapping motherfuckers if they said something ignorant. Like I just didn't like it and I would, I would just, I would pop off, you know, and like to my family, especially, you know, I would just cause them emotional, emotional damage, you know, like my mom, she bless her heart, you know, she, she did everything she could. And, and it was, and I felt like the black sheep, you know what I'm saying? Cause like my brother fucking, he's in college when he's in high school, you know what I'm saying? And like doing good, killing it. And then my sisters, they all graduated high school, fucking college. They got their, their lives going on, you know? And like, I always felt like the black sheep, you know? But like, as I got older and as time went on in my recovery, I was like, damn, the black sheep eventually turns into the goat, you know, and I'll touch base on that a little later. But, um, yeah, like, hurting my mom, hurting my tia, you know, my cousins didn't want shit to do with me because they were just like, yo, just fucking join the Marines because, like, all of them, they went to the Marines. Well, two of them went to the Marines, and then one just, like, had, had kids and shit and doing what he does. But um, they're like, yeah, just go to the Marines. You know, you'll be fine. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to fucking go to the Marines. I don't want to fucking fight for this country. I don't have anything against anybody that fights for the country. Thank you. But yeah, me, I'm cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, I caused, you know, emotional damage there. And I remember, um, you know, being 16 years old. And um, OK, before this happened, uh, my mom actually came home to me. Man, bless her heart. yo. Like, I love my mom to death. Um, 15 years old. Uh, she came home to me with the needle on my arm on the, on the patio. And she, you know, she worked hard, you know, from, from when we were in elementary till now, you know, like elementary, she would, uh, she would go to, she, she would go to work in the morning. Well, first take us to school. Then she would go to work at the post office, get out around two. Then she would come pick us up from school and then she would go home, go to sleep and then work her night job at Wells Fargo. And, um, and, you know, she came home in the morning and she found me, uh, passed out with a needle on my arm, you know, and, and, you know, I left her some trauma there. And then 16 years old, uh, I slammed heroin and meth in this arm and uh, almost lost it. You know, like I remember painting with my homeboys and they, they already knew what's up. Like I used to use one of them and I was painting for his dad's company. And and um, I remember doing a shot in the morning and throughout the day I'm fucking painting. And uh, 
and yeah, like my arm just fucking gotten like it was getting numbed and like just big. And I was like, yo, like I told my homeboy Pallone, I'm like, yo, check this out, bro. Like, does that shit look normal? And they're like, bro, that shit is not normal. <laughs> that shit is not normal, you know. And this arm was inflated, and they're like, yeah, go home. And I went home and I broke the news to my mom. And you know, like as bad as they didn't want to believe it, like in the back of their heads, they were like, fuck, like he, he's he's getting bad, you know. And uh, and I remember going to the hospital for five days. The first two days, they marked my arm. By the third day, they fucking slipped my arm and trained it. I had an abscess. By the fifth day, they let me out, and I hit my homeboy up that same day. And I was like, yo, homie, come pick me up. Bring some dope in the rig. And that same day, I was slamming in this arm. Like, at that point in my life, like, nothing could, could stop me. Like, my mom's tears, my grandma's tears. Like, I didn't give a fuck, you know? Like, I was, I was hurting, and I didn't know how to fucking deal with it, you know? Like, I couldn't accept life on life's terms. And I felt like the fucking world was out to get me, you know? I felt like God was just like, like you're mine and I'm gonna make your life a living fucking hell, you know? And um, I had a, a resentment towards everything and everyone. And um, let's see, moving on, like after that happened, like things just kept getting worse, you know? Like I ended up um, like fucking not playing basketball anymore. I ended up going to um, going to this this place. It's a charter, a charter school. Out here, charter schools are like academic schools. Out there in Dallas, them hoes are like fucking... Uh, they're like uh, alternative schools, you know? Like, I went to this place called Dallas Can, and, um, you know, we're getting out at, like, 12. We would go to school at 8, get out at 12. So, like, that gave me enough time to fucking, like, do a lot of fuckery, you know? And I, I, I caught a case. <laughs> I caught a case. And... Uh, I was sick. I was 16 years old. This is when. This is this when. This is like after my surgery and all that shit. Not to mention, yo, this is how good God is. You know what I'm saying? Like after a month of having the surgery, my fucking my my hand was like this. Like it went limp. You know what I'm saying? Like I had nerve damage. And like my sisters, they all thought it was over with. My mom and like two months after, I remember training my fucking mind so hard to move my hand again. And like by the grace of God, I'm still able to do fucking left hand layups and I'm right handed. You know, so that's a blessing. Um, and I ended up catching that case, and I remember it vividly, March 6th of 2014. Um, I caught it, I, I went to Juvie, and then um, I remember my mom driving down from Nacogdoches, cause she was seeing my sister in college, and like she came home and, and, uh, and found out I was in Juvie, you know? Like, that, that's a whole nother story, you know? Because like, how it all happened, like I got snitched on, and then like I was running, and then I was hiding, and then I was fucking, I ended up at my grandma's crib, and there's four fucking laws talking to her, and I'm like, ah, shit. So I, uh, my mom came and picked me up, and then, uh, let's see, I turned 17 on March 26, and I was on probation. And then, um, and then June 27th of 2014, I got locked up because I violated probation. The judge even told me, like, why the fuck would I let you go after, you know, failing five urine analysis in a row with fucking heroin, meth, fucking cocaine, and weed in your system? Like, fuck out of here. I could give you two to 25, but you know what? Just detained. Boom, I remember that shit, and I was like, ah, fuck, I took my watch off, and I was like, it's some shit. So I, I get I, I go to I go to jail and um and like I excelled in there I guess because like they they had like a program this is when I was introduced to like Alcoholics Anonymous you know because like they had it was like they had a program in there it was a part of my like my sentencing that I had to do it so like uh, I remember us being like like orange shirts and then green shirts and then white shirts anyways um, and then I ended up getting out and like I'm like all right cool I'm out you know like. I wanted to stay clean. Like, I wanted to stay clean. I was like, I'm done with that shit. Whoop de whoop. And then, um, you know, I, I got back into uh, my old high school, started playing basketball again. Um, and I probably stayed clean for like a month and I went right back to it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I ended up having a scout looking at me. 
from TCU, and um, I, I just felt I just felt heartbroken because um, because I couldn't fulfill playing college ball, you know. So I had a resentment there, and um, and you know I, I thank God I graduated, and it just kept going downhill. Like shit, it just kept going downhill after I graduated. Like I ended up moving my mom and two of my older sisters in with me and my niece, and then um, like I was trapping out my apartment. And then I met this older cat who was like an ex-veteran, did like 20 years in the fucking Marines and shit, but he, he did meth, and I didn't know how that, I couldn't comprehend that. I'm like, what the fuck, this dude right here? So he put me onto a new hustle, and it was like, uh, I, I, would, I would buy guns from gun stores, because I was of age now, you know what I'm saying? I was of age, I could buy guns from gun stores. So I ended up uh, buying guns, like I would buy certain straps from gun, from gun stores, and then I would report them stolen, like I would register under my name, report them stolen, and then use that bread to like re-up on my heroin and meth. Thinking like I was doing something, but in all reality, that shit was going in my arm and in my neck, you know. And um, and you know, it's a bad situation happened before I moved out here. Um, you know, I, I fought a self defense case, um, and a couple months went by, and like I, I was like, "Fuck!" Like, what am I doing? Like, I had that that gift of desperation and like that spiritual bankruptcy, you know. Like, I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I didn't know what to do with my life, and um, I weighed 120 pounds, you know, and fucking. It was crazy because my same homeboy that I was painting with, with his dad's company, hits me up out of nowhere and he's like, hey, bro, how are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm doing fucking horrible, you know? And he's like, you, you want help? And I'm like, sure, you know, like, like, what do you mean? Like, hell yeah, I want help, but I didn't know how to get the help. And um, he was like, yeah, he told me about treatment out here and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's my ticket away. Like, I got to get the fuck out of Oak Cliff. So I ended up leaving that the next day because he was trying to get me on a flight that same day, but my mom was at work and I was like, you know what, like if I'm gonna leave, like I wanna tell my mom bye, you know, cause I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. Um, and, and my mom came home that morning and my shit was packed and she's like, what are you doing, mijo? And I'm like, ma, I gotta, I gotta go, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this, you know? Like, and she's like, what do you mean? You know, trying to act gullible. I love my mom so much. Like try, try to act like she didn't know what was going on, but she knew deep down inside what the fuck was going on. And uh, she was like, don't go. She was telling me not to go, and I was like, Ma, like, this is something I have to do, you know? Like, I need to do this. If not, like, it's gonna, I'm gonna end up dead, and um, cut to the chase. Like, I ended up uh, getting, getting out here, and like, that, like, all I wanted to do was stop slamming heroin. Like, I'm like, I, I, don't, I just wanna stop shooting heroin. And, um, you know, like, I, I did that, yeah, but I also learned about, like, the whole treatment industry, the game, and, like, I, did, I got caught up in that shit, and then, like, when I was out of treatment, like, I was, go, I was roaming the fucking streets of Los Angeles and South Central and Skid Row and fucking with the wrong type of people, the same type of motherfuckers I was fucking with in Dallas, like, I was fucking with out here, you know what I'm saying, well, out in L.A., and, and you know, I had to bump my head a couple more times, you know what I'm saying, and then that's when I came to the realization that I'm an alcoholic, I can't fucking drink, I, I can't, you know what I'm saying, because when I do, I, I get suicidal, I get homicidal, and I crash cars, you know what I'm saying, by the grace of God, I don't have a DUI, I crashed eight cars, and, um, I got four points on my driving record, but, like, that's a whole different fucking ballgame. You know, that's a whole different story. But, um, yeah, and, like, it just, it just led up to that. You know, it kept, it kept going. And then, um, you know, when I got clean this time around, like, I hit my knees. You know, it, it, like, God brought me to my knees, you know. Um, that gift of desperation, like it talks about, you know, I, uh, I, I was cracked out of my mind. I ran into a bad situation out in Hoover in 42nd. And, uh, and then I remember calling one of my mentors and I'm like, yo, Pops, I'm like, I need fucking help, bro. Like, if I don't get help, like, I'm gonna end up dead. And uh, ever since then, like, he's like, where you at, me? He came from the valley, came and picked me up. And then, um, you know, I got to work. Like, I went to treatment and then 
that was it. I was like, I need to, I need to do something different. Like, what am I gonna do differently? You know, I'm like, uh, all right, I'm gonna work a program because I never done that. Um, no matter what happens in my life, I'm gonna fucking, I'm not gonna pick up. You know, like I already implemented that in my head, and I was like, no, like. The same time, energy, and effort I put into getting high and fucking my life off, like I could do the same to stay clean and live a prosperous life, and I live by that today. And um, and I was like, all right, I need a backup plan. Like, what happens if if you know if I'm working and like I don't have anything to do? Like, I need a career I could fall back on. So I got into school, went into HVAC school, and like in all this time, like I'm 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 like I gotta get plugged in the program. So I was going to meetings, and I didn't have a sponsor, but. I don't know, something hit my heart. I felt like it was God that hit my heart to tell me to move from the, uh, Northridge down to Anaheim so I could be closer to one of my other mentors and, and my pastor. And I did. And, like, you know, um, I, I was, like, waking up at 3 in the morning. You know, I was going on morning jogs, and um, I was praying and meditating, you know, doing my readings. And then, um, you know, I, I would go to school at 5.30 in the morning and just, like, knock out school, come back, and I would drive from Encino to fucking Anaheim, and that was, like, Tuesday and Thursdays, and then I finally got transferred to um, the Garden Grove location, and then I was in a solid sober living, you know, in Costa Mesa, and, like, all the guys were about their program, and, like, no matter what happened, no matter where I was at, I kept going to meetings, you know what I'm saying? I kept going to meetings, and I finally got a sponsor. That first sponsor that I had, I almost got into a fight with him, so I was like, fuck this fool. The second sponsor, um, the second sponsor relapsed after five years, so I was like, this program no fucking work, you know, and then I was like, uh, my third sponsor, before I got my third sponsor, the reason why I got him is because I slapped the shit out of somebody at a gas station because I was just so irritated with my morning and I didn't do my, my routine, and I was like, yeah, I think I need a fucking sponsor, and I think I need to work these fucking steps, and I did, and then, um, you know, I just stayed open-minded, I started trying new things, I started surfing, People don't surf where I come from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they do not surf. So when I tell people I surf, they're like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and then, like, I, I got into uh, to MMA. And, oh, my God, I fucking love it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Melody came. I love you so much. And, you know, I, I got to meet Melody. And, you know, she, she held me accountable when I, when I went to the sober living she was managing. And that was a blessing in disguise, man. Like, I remember us talking about, like, my four-step. And she's like, how free do you want to be? And I was like, oof, like, that hit home for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to be pretty fucking free. And ever since I knocked out that four-step, like, I've been, I've been pretty fucking free. And it's lavish, you know? Um, and uh, just trying all these different things. And, like, the day of my fight, I got to make amends to my first sponsor. Because he, he went to go to support me. And I got to make amends to him. And, um, you know, no matter where I go, like, I know... I know I'll be okay as long as I hit a meeting, you know? Like, I've never been to Vegas, and I went to Vegas for the first time, and I stayed clean. And every time I go to Vegas, I go to meetings out there and fucking just get plugged in, you know? And, um, you know, everywhere I go, like, I just find meetings. And no matter what, like, I know everything's going to be okay. And I, the more I come to meetings and the more I follow my faith in, in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, you know, I, uh, I find people that are like-minded. And um, I, I, I notice that iron sharpens iron and that, like, if I stick with the winners, of course, I'm going to be a winner. And my, my mentor used to always tell me that. He's like, you stick around the newcomers, you're going to stay a fucking newcomer. You stick around with people with, their, with time, then you're going to get time under your belt, you know. And, um, and I don't know. I, I'm grateful for this life, man. You know, like I go to, I go to Dallas and, and my tia's crying, yo, because she's like, every time she sees me, because the last time she seen me, me and her son were fucking fighting in the living room because he caught me slamming heroin in the restroom on Christmas. Like, ain't that some shit? And now, you know, she cries every time she sees me, mijo, and my mom, too. And, and uh, I wouldn't trade this for anything. You know, like, I finally found my purpose in life. And uh, it, was, it was all thanks to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I thank y'all for being a part of my recovery. Mm -hmm.